I am Mike Cadlick from CLNS, joined by 98.5 The Sports Hub's Alex Barth. We're here to break down yet another disastrous Patriots loss, another heartbreaker. This time against the Bengals on Christmas Eve, they lose 22-18 to in basically the only way that this team can at this point. Fumble by Ramondre Stevenson at the, end of a, at, at the goal line after an 18-point uh, failed comeback attempt. I mean, we'll talk about it later, Alex. The one thing I say about this team now is at least they fight. At least they show something and they don't just, you know, wilter and die. They fight for each other, but sometimes it's just not enough. Um, Before we get into the game, though, let's talk about some Patriots news um, from today. And it was on Hunter Henry's injury. Um, Again, something we'll get into when we talk about the offense and the route spacing and what have you. But Hunter Henry gets hurt, hurt his knee. Uh, Ian Rappaport from NFL Network called it day-to-day. Said he's sore but has a chance to play against Miami on Sunday. So, I mean, that's huge for their tight end room. Yeah, that that's massive because uh, because yeah. they need him if they're going to fix their issues and one of their biggest issues being throwing the ball in the red zone. Well, first they actually have to throw it in the red zone. That right. would be one step, but you'd think that they're more willing to do that if they have the guy who probably is their best red zone target. Um, right. You know, relatively speaking, and Hunter Henry, you got to have him healthy. So that's big. It sounds like it was just a you know bone on bone thing, probably more of a stinger than anything else. Maybe a bruise, but playing for the playoffs at this point. So if you can be out there, you got to be out there. And I think that's basically what this is. This could be a situation where like, you know, he doesn't practice this week or he, he doesn't practice the first two days and is limited on Friday and then plays on Sunday or whatever. But, you know, outside of structural damage, this is kind of the time of year where you're playing. It might hurt, but playing, you're playing. And I, I'm going to guess that's what's going on. Playing for the playoffs. We are still saying that heading into week 17, the Patriots I mean, it's somehow. True. Thanks to Tua. Thanks basically to Tua throwing three picks and three consecutive drives. Uh, yesterday. Did you see that was... uh, Tua turned the ball over? Was trending on Twitter yesterday. Oh my god! No, I didn't. That's that's good stuff. That that guy. Yeah. I I he's as much as he's a roller coaster. My opinion on him is a roller coaster. And after yesterday, like man, that was that was tough sledding. Um, but so yeah, Hunter Henry looks like uh, he'll be able to play Sunday. So good stuff. The other news is about our quarterback Mac Jones. Uh, play uh, play in the game. He is uh, being evaluated by the NFL for a possible fine, not a suspension, according to Rappaport, um, for a low hit on Eli Apple. Uh, he was running him down. Eli Apple looked like he was trying to get a, get a block on Tyquan Thornton, and Mac Jones basically went at his legs. Uh, I didn't upload the video here, so we can't show it to you, but I'm sure you all saw it. I'm sure you've all heard about it. A lot of chatter now about Mac Jones being a dirty player. There's been some set. There's been several examples last two years. The play on Brian Burns, Max sliding and kicking Jaquan Brisker uh, where the sun don't shine. Like, there's a, a lot of guys do this slide thing. Mark Daniels from uh, Mass Live tweeted a video of it and like Joe Barrow. And a lot of guys kind of just have their cleats up in the air. So I don't know about that one. But, man, another another dirty-ish play from Mac Jones. What do you think of it? Does he, de- does he deserve to be fined? Yeah, real quick on the slide. That's actually a coaching point. Brady used to do that. You right. want to dissuade the defender from coming down on top of you late. It, 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 it's not exactly a, a clean play. It's basically a dirty play to offset a dirty play. It's just the ugly. It's just an ugly part of football. Yeah. Um, the, the Brian Burns play was dirty. And yes, this one was, he should not have done that. And his explanation right. today was basically, well, I didn't want him catching up to Tyquan Thornton. So Thornton couldn't make the tackle. Then push him. Just push him. Right. You know, you don't need to go for it. It's not necessarily that he hit him. I don't necessarily think that just making contact with him was it's the way he went about it. It's yeah. going for his knee. And the reality is if he didn't have a history 
maybe you look at it and you say, all right, well, he's trying to make a play and he's got to take down a guy bigger than him. But I think you're at the point now where he's one of those guys. He he's kind of gained that reputation. Um, you know, I, for lack of a better example, like Marcus smart or Brad Marshawn, where even when they do something borderline because of their reputation, because of their history, it gets put under the microscope than more than maybe the average player. Max probably now in that category, in that group. So he's got to be careful. And look, I said last week with, with the blow up down on the goal line and he snaps the ball too early. I think that his emotions, I, I, I've said this before, I love that he plays with emotion, but you yep. can't let that negatively impact your play. I think you saw it last week, right? Uh, in that instance of the goal line, and you saw it there. That whole play really was just emotional mistakes by Mac Jones. He needs to take the sack there. Look, he didn't get great protection. I don't think right. that sack would have been his fault, but he needs to know to take the sack there and not do too much. Almost derailed the drive. Probably should have derailed the drive. I was surprised that play stood as an incompletion. Right. And and then obviously the hits completely unnecessary and uncalled for. So a play where he's just got to take a deep breath, realize it's not there. And I get that's frustrating because there's been a lot of that this year where he just kind of has to chalk the play up to a loss to no fault of his own. And he obviously doesn't want to do that. And you right. understand why maybe he's pushing a little more than he should. But this is just what this team is this year. You're going to have to take L's and he's competitive. He doesn't want to do that. Uh, but that's a case where you got to do it. And when it doesn't go your way, go back to the sideline, like chew out Matt Patricia. All you want is you're walking over there, but do not take it out on the other team. Don't do it. That's yeah. just not a good look. I'm with you because uh, you talk about the microscope when you're a guy like, you know, Marshan and Marcus Smart, but that microscope's even bigger when you're a quarterback too, because you're right. supposed to be the leader. You're supposed to be, you know, even head, even keeled guy. And yeah, Max definitely shown that frustration a lot more outward uh, over the last few weeks for better or for worse, I guess. Again, I'm with you on, you know, having, having that fire around, you know, when your coaches aren't calling plays, right. And you kind of, you know, you want to win, right. You want to win in this game, this league. It's hard to win. Max says it every week, but when it bubbles over to, you know, going low on other guys on other teams and, you know, Brian Burns last year and looking like he's kind of pulling his ankle over a little bit. I'm with you. There's no place in the game for it. It's something he has to clean up and not let his emotions get the best of him in those situations. Because I mean, it's going to hit his pocket here again. Um, it's already yeah. happened this year on another thing um, when he threw the ball at uh, who was it? The guy on was it Epinesa? Oh, or that was guy stupid. On he, he, but he was the fine. guy on the Bills. Right. That that was uh, of all the things he's done this year for that to be the one he was fined for. I mean, please, he was tossing the ball to the referee, and the player happened to be standing next to him. Get the like that was a stupid. I'm fine. with you. I'm that with you on that dumb, one. He's had more findable plays this year that weren't so we could but that i'm not gonna nitpick him on that play man that was just stupid i'm with you but the, the point being it's hitting his law it's hitting his pocket again yeah. so he's gonna have to be more well, careful who knows with the um, nfl like he'll get fined for that nonsense but watch he won't get fined for this right yeah i know that's that's and, the other thing so let what me do just you think about this. a suspect okay go, go okay no no so it was it was literally what you were about to say about a suspension okay. yeah he's not getting suspended because it would have happened no. already they can't right. like fines come out on Saturday. The league can't suspend a player on Saturday. That would just have, right. There would be major issues in terms of uh, collusion and with the gambling markets that right. comes, you know, today would have been the latest that that, and I think they did announce it. Randy Gregory gets suspended or was that, was he just fine? Uh, I'm not sure. 
he got he got suspended and Oday, uh, yeah. the other guy, they got in the fight, right? And that oh, game yes. happened yeah, okay. a day after the Patriots game. If Mac Jones was going to get suspended, he would have been like it would have been with that announcement. Right. He would have been suspended already. It's not happening. So all you zappy weirdos can calm down. He's not starting this week. That and that was in that was in Rappaport's report as well. I believe was that they're looking at a fine. They're not suspending. Yeah. Now, do you think that something like that warrants a suspension? It's tough to suspend quarterbacks. He is now technically a repeat offender. Should he slash? Do you think it warrants one? No, no, no. no. Suspension is like again the Randy Gregory incident. They got in a fist fight after the sure. game, and that's a one game suspension. Um, right. Suspensions to me, Garrett. right? Suspensions to me are either things in between plays, not during a play, sure. or like yeah, like overly egregious, like throwing a helmet at somebody, coming off the bench to 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 instigate right. something, um, things like out. It was a cheap shot, but I don't feel out of place calling it a football act, sure. right? To me, a suspension is something that's like if Max straight up tackles him, that's maybe worth the suspension. But I would, I it would be a little soft to suspend with him for you. that, and and people will call me a homer for that. But I'd say if it was the other way around, look. The um, the hit on Jacoby Myers in the Bills game was more egregious than that, and that wasn't worth the suspension. Yeah. So, um, I'm with you. It's yeah. like uh, it's like that play Gron- when Gronk, you know, put Tre'Davious White into the ground a few years ago. That was a suspendable play. That, that was that after was, the play. That was that was, that was a suspension. Lot. Yeah, and he basically came out after that and said, like, look, that was wrong. But so yeah, um, Mac Jones probably. You, probably you didn't you that. didn't hear them call. Well, in Buffalo, they called Gronk a dirty player, but in Buffalo, they call anybody a dirty player who even lays a right. finger on one of their players. Uh, you didn't really hear nationally them calling Gronk a dirty player after that. So, Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season. Everything from NFL and bowl season to esports, you'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. For the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite leagues and events, Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure you use promo code CLNS50 to receive your rewards. BetOnline, where the game starts. Just proves the narrative changes. Winning cares all. Winning, and, and that's something we're going to say a ton this offseason, right? Winning cares yep. all. Just As it relates to Mac Jones as a whole, people are talking about, well, you know, he can't handle it. Like, so what if the coaching is bad? He can't handle it. Like, why don't they get a guy who can handle it? Why is there so much emphasis on getting a quarterback who will play well in bad situations when you could just improve the situation, which is probably easier to do? Right. Like, I, I, I'm not super concerned that the quarterback can't handle a losing environment because if I'm building the team, I don't plan on the quarterback being in a losing environment that often, it at right. all, if at all if you're like basing your evaluation of the quarterback on what he looks like when the environment's bad around him, you're completely missing the point. The point right. is it's a bad environment, fix it. And then see what he looks like. Oh, well, yep. he can't play when his coaches are bad and the guys around him are messing up. Okay. Who can, and even if so, so what? So that's just going to be the situation. As long as he's here, bad coaches and, and poor communication. If, if we're just planning for that, what's the point? Right. What's the point of any of it? Right. So I'm not going to jump to, oh, well, he can't handle losing well. Well, he shouldn't be losing. Don't judge him on when he loses because if he's going to lose that much, he's not the answer regardless of how he takes it. He could lose a ton 
handle it all in stride, and it wouldn't make him any better. It wouldn't make him any better of a quarterback because he's still losing. So right. he was fine last year when they were winning games. It's fine last year when they were winning games. He's a guy that's accustomed to a certain level of success. In high school, he played for the winningest coach in the history of high school football in Florida. I don't know a ton about that program, but I would assume if you've won more games in Florida than anybody yeah. else, you probably run a pretty tight ship. Things are probably the gears are pretty greased, right? He then yep. goes to Alabama, which is another tight, airtight organization, right? Militaristic. Then he comes here for a year under Josh McDaniels, the guy who who created the system with Brady. There's order. There's organization. He he hasn't been in anything like this at least since he was 14, maybe ever. I mean, going back to Pop Warner, right? Where there's there's this level of dysfunction. I just think he's a kid that doesn't know how to handle it. I don't think it's that he doesn't take losing well. I think he just doesn't know what to do because it's never happened. He's never been around it, right? Right. So yeah. So you hope that this is all a learning experience and not a pattern, but. Right. I'm not going to say, oh, well, he sucks when everything around him is falling apart, so he's not good. The long-term plan shouldn't be having things around him falling apart, so let's get those fixed and then see what he looks like. Because if he looks better, then him not being able to handle a mess of a situation is a non-factor, which it should be, right? right? Can Patrick Mahomes handle a bad situation? We don't know. He's never been in one, right? Can Josh right. Allen handle a bad situation? He's never really been in one. We don't know, right? Um Aaron Rodgers, can he handle a bad situation? No, he can't. Not really. Yeah. He's right, still exactly. a future Hall of Famer. Nobody's holding that against him because, again, it's on the team to put him in a good situation. So I just think it's a really weird argument. I get why people are going to it, but I would encourage you if you're going to that argument, don't because you right. just, you, you're putting the cart so far ahead of the, the horse. When you make well, that argument. And when everyone chants for Bailey Zappi and wants Bailey Zappi, it, it's not, first of all, it's not fair to Bailey Zappi to throw him into this situation and be, right. what is that going to show you? Nothing. Because the situation is so bad around them. So it makes no, it makes no sense for a quarterback change. And I'm with you as far as, well, Matt can't do it uh, under pressure. Like not a lot of guys can. It's like trying to explain, uh, trying to relate it to Tom Brady here. Like, oh, Tom Brady was good when the things were a mess, but that's Tom Brady. That's the greatest quarterback of all time. And was, uh, we was do it have, ever really a mess for him here? Like in 19? Not, not really. 19 in 19, it kind of was. And the wheels fell off the wagon. And by the way, right. you know, it's a mess in Tampa right now. And yep. he's under 500. Not great. Yeah. So I, it, since we're doing this, hang on. Since we're doing this, not that one. Um, oh, it's a stupid take. Career. This and, one. Okay, no. This one. Zach Wilson gets so much crap, but Matt gets excuses. So this is where I was going to go with the, the last part, right? Okay. About having a good – sorry to cut you off. About having a good situation around you. That's when you can move on because Zach Wilson has it around him. Matt Jones does not have it around him. You need to see what he can be. If Mac's still bad with a great situation, then we have the conversation. Well, I would even say Mac Jones has done more, significantly more, to prove he is an NFL quarterback than Zach Wilson has. And it's really not close. Mac right. Jones last year, I know people are going to say he faded down the stretch. He still played well enough to get them to the playoffs. He still played well enough to right. get them to the playoffs. Did Zach Wilson do that? No. Zach Wilson has been trashed for two years. The other big difference here, because it's not just about what you do on the field. You have to be able to command a locker room. Yep. Mac Jones still has a lot of fans in that locker room, which is important. Meanwhile, Zach Wilson's getting benched for the second time this season in large part 
because he's lost that locker room. Guys don't want to play for him. They don't want to play with him. And that's a big part of being an NFL quarterback. So when Zach Wilson leads a team to the playoffs, and even on a losing team, still has guys like Matthew Slater and Devin McCourty defending him, not just not knocking him, defending him. Matthew Slater said they wanted Mac Jones to accept more of a leadership role. It's a massive take from a guy right. like a guy like Matthew Slater. Right. It's night and day. And I keep seeing this. Oh, well, why don't you trade Mac Jones for Zach Wilson? And, and it's a reset for both. Z- Ridiculous. Mac Jones may or may not be an NFL quarterback. Zach, jo- uh, Zach Wilson isn't. Right. He's not right now. And he is light years away from getting to that point. If he ever gets there, both on a physical and mental level. So. I'm with you. Uh, just breaking Patriots ish news. Um, yeah. Dolphins quarterback Tua Tagovailoa is back in the concussion protocol. So his his status is in doubt for Sunday. Um, looks like I saw a tweet from Taylor Kyles that said uh, Tua may have played the entire second half of the concussion. Uh, I don't know what the heck these NFL spotters are doing anymore. but Or the Dolphins, for that matter. Right. But, uh, yeah, Tua looks like, again, this would be his, what, third concussion this season. Uh, that tells me we're at Monday now. It's too soon to know if he'll be cleared, according to Mike McDaniel, but I feel like he's not going to play at this point. So that's looking hey, like again, Skyler Thompson the or Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, I know, but uh, we'll, we'll get into that more so uh, later on slash in the, uh, in the Dolphins preview uh, later this week. But uh, I guess that's a good segue talking about Mac, Mac and to uh, into the offense as a whole, uh, because against the Bengals on Saturday, they had nothing going in the first half. Mac finished 20 of 33 for 240 and two touchdowns a pick. But at one point in the first half, this was my favorite thing to look at, just as far as how how much different these two offenses are. There was one point in the set, in the first half, Joe Barra was 13 of 15 for 165 yards and two touchdowns, and Mac was 0 for 1. This was a tale of two halves in this game. They got it moving in the second half, but the first half was god-awful. The end of the first half was god-awful, and it's those uncharacteristic, undisciplined ways the Patriots are in. That's becoming the norm now this year. Like, at the end of the half, they run a quick pass, they call timeout, and they take a knee. It just it didn't have much effect on the game, but it's like, what are what is even going on with this operation? Um, again, they, they kind of s- slang it in the second half. KB gets it going again, but, I mean, the offense was just, again, it wasn't great. It was not great again. Yeah, I, I mean, this goes back to something we talked a lot about last week, right? No football game in the history of the sport has ever been won or lost on a single play. And right. obviously, Ramondre's fumble is a huge play in that game. But when you spot the other team a quarter lead, like a 15-minute uh-huh. head start, right? You, at, at that point, you, you pretty much already lost the game. In the first quarter of that game, the Bengals had 14 points. The Patriots had 10 yards. Yeah. Like they, the, the Bengals scored on their only two first quarter drives. I think their third drive went from the first into the second quarter, but their two full drives in the first quarter were touchdowns. Patriots had 10 yards. So you're 15 minutes in the Bengals have shown up. You're still getting off the buses. Right. Like that. You can't start that slow. Not with this team. And, and look, the defense eventually figured it out and they played a great second half, but if the offense just shows some sort of fight early, mm-hmm. you know, maybe it changes the situation there. So that, that to me was the bigger issue. Like Ramondre's fumble is not a great play. Obviously it's not to excuse it. It obviously happened. Right. But 
figure it out earlier in the game and you're not in that situation. That was that that was my big takeaway from this game. Was yeah. that they essentially spotted the Bengals. They gave them a 15-minute head start. You start playing, we'll catch up. You go ahead. And you, there's no coming back from that. There just isn't. Right. Uh, I do want to talk about the tight end situation. Um, and I kind of want to link it into LinkedIn.com slash beat because I don't know if Hunter Henry looking like he may, might be back, but if you're a tight end looking for a job, go to LinkedIn.com slash beat or the Patriots should post the, uh, the tight end job rather. Um, these days, new every, every new potential hire feels like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be a hundred percent certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. We use LinkedIn Jobs here at CLNS Media, and we can't recommend it enough. It's super easy to post your job, then add your listing in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience, so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. As we enter the end of 2022, now is the perfect time to add the right team member and end the year strong. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash beat. That's linkedin.com slash beat to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Getting back to the tie-in with the tight ends, Alex. Um, so Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith both left this game at one point due to injury. And it was both because of how poorly the Patriots are spacing out their routes. The first play was that third and third and five, third and six, third and whatever four. it was. Third and four, third Mike and Giardi four. has the dots on Twitter. You can check that out. Yeah, go check it out because, first of all, there's no one at the sticks. And second of all, they don't even have their mesh right at 15 yards, and they just run into each other and bang these. We've talked about it on here, but that's training camp stuff that you work on. That's stuff you work on in August. I'm high, you're low, we mesh, mess up the defenders. If you're running into each other in week 15, I'm sorry. And the fact that it it turned into an injury is just terrible. Luckily, Henry's coming back. The other one, Jonu Smith, got whacked in the head. Him and KB are in the same exact spot on the uh, on the right flat, basically. It looks like Jonu ran a little hook route and KB ran a slant basically behind him. They end up in the same exact spot. Mac throws the ball in there. And the guy covering Kendrick Bourne comes in and basically knocks John Smith's head off. Uh, he gets goes into concussion protocol because of that. So then you turn over to Scotty Washington, who ends up making the play of the game on offense on the Jacoby Myers touchdown. Yeah. But I mean, the fact that not only is the are the are the problems on offense not letting you run plays, but you're literally injuring players on the yeah. the fact that you can't space your routes out. So that was just that was something that stuck out to me. Again, it's. Not only is it hindering the way they're moving the football, but two guys leave the game because of it. So I, I will say I, I, this isn't really a defense. I, this is more just like adding context to it from a sure. football point of view. It may be the play design. It also just from what Bill said today and from some of the reports, what people were suggesting, sure. I wonder if not everybody knew the play. I, I think what actually yeah. happened was that it, it was that one or both of those guys didn't run the route they were supposed to run. Like the play wasn't designed to look like that. Now, sure, that's still not great. Right. It, it might honestly be worse because <laughs> exactly, if, yeah, right. If they're at least running the routes they're assigned to run, then hey, they're falling right. But they can't even get everybody on the same page in terms of the play call. There's right. no coordination in the offense. The offense is struggling with coordination. It's uncoordinated. Dare I say right? So. Man, whatever the case, again, I don't say that as an excuse. 
I literally just say that to add context. Like that's how I read the situation was somebody ran the wrong route. Either way, this is stuff you do in OTAs. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you're going to come to this point and then you're going to come to this point. So you guys should pass about here. And like, you want to make your break hit. Like this is all stuff you iron out yep. in May mm -hmm. and it's Christmas Eve and they still can't get that right. Right. So I just, you, you can't win football games like that. You simply, when it's December and not everybody knows what the play is. And this mm -hmm. has been a pattern all year. This is why they're calling those timeouts, like those random timeouts early in drives. This is why they're getting all these false start penalties, illegal formation, because not everybody knows what the play is. I think a good amount of the time. Right. And to add to that, remember why they changed the offense in the first place to simplify it. Mm -hmm. to make it easier for everybody to understand for the receivers specifically and the tight ends and the running backs to understand yep. and guys look lost. They didn't look lost like this last year, Might have happened nope. like two or three times, but I, nothing really stands out in terms of like, wow, they can't get lined up. Right. Certainly not at this time of year. So I, it just all feeds into the same thing that they're just, they're, they're not even like they're stages behind where they should be. And when I mean mm -hmm. stages, I mean stages of the season. Right. We're in the latter part of the regular season. And these are things that you should get done at the very latest early in the preseason joint practices. So it's, you know, it, it's just another example of something that it's been a theme all year. They can't get lined up. They can't get the play call and operational stuff. And it's again, you're not gonna be able to move the ball. You're not really gonna be able to do anything offensively. Like, like the, some of the stuff people want to see, hey, run play action. Hey, throw the ball down the feet. Hey, RPO, right? Those are steps like two, three, four, five, six in running an offense. Right. If you can't do step one, you can't move on to step two. And that's right. kind of what's been happening at times this year. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. Again, and you look at, um, you talk about that mesh route and, you know, whether it was, just not knowing the play at all. And maybe they mirrored each other and they were both supposed to be at that, you know, part, you don't know that. Um, but you, you look and they, they completely hit a wall at the first half. And then, well, the other thing actually quickly on third down conversions, there's no one at the sticks on that play, whether it was not, a, you know, right. the wrong play call, what have you. But then later in the game, they need another third down conversion, then they're throwing it short of the sticks. Right. Like so that was like a they don't time up anything. They don't create any like none of their play calls make sense specifically on third down. So I don't know about you. Like I also consider that spacing. Spacing to me is not just where yeah. the receivers are relative to each other, but where they are relative to the this situation. This way and right? this way. Yeah, sure. Right. But but not just like not just the spacing from receiver to receiver. It's also, you know, on third and four. Do you have a guy yeah. five yards downfield, right? Yes or right. no. If you're in the red zone, like are, how much space are you using on the field overall? Even if, right, even if they're all properly spaced, but it's third and run, third and one, and you're running four verts with the running back staying in a block, the four receivers may be properly spaced from each other, but what's the point? They're not right. spaced properly for the, I, there might be another term for that. I, like, I, I'm not sure technically that might be a separate term, but all kinds of spacing issues, right? Like the third and four early in the game, everybody's up the field, 15 yards down the field. And by the way, on long developing routes, when you're struggling uh -huh. to block, the block, most of those were multi-cut routes. And then they had like a third and 11, third and 12 late in the game, I think is the play you're referring to. Yeah. And nobody's more than five yards downfield. So which is it, right? right. Like they, they just seem to kind of ignore where the sticks are. And 
just they run what they're going to run, which goes back to a theme we've talked about a lot this year, Mike, which is they're sort of just calling plays one at a time. There's not a ton of rhythm to it. They're not stringing plays together. There's not a ton of we're going to give this look to set up this play. They just sort of call a play, and then they call another play without any consideration of what came before it or what came after it. Because he's never done it before. He's never done it before. He doesn't know how to call a rhythmic offense. You can keep going. I just had to. No, that's. I I was literally just going to say it's like it's like some just playing Madden with your buddies, right? Oh, I I like this play. I'm going to call this. Oh, I like this play. You're not really thinking about you know. All right, well, we're going to hit him with a play act. We're going to run stretch to the left, and then we're going to play action stretch to the left, boot to the right, pull the tight end across. Like there isn't any of that. And right, you need you need to be able to do that at this level. You just do, unless you you are the Miami Dolphins or the San Francisco 49ers, and you have that kind of talent. Although those teams do that stuff anyway, but as you have that kind of talent, you need to add a level of misdirection to it and just just situational awareness to it. Third and five, don't run everybody twenty yards downfield. That doesn't help. It's not doing anything. You're not right. You're not catching them sleeping. Like all right, it's third and five. They're going to be all up. That's not how defense works. Defense plays in levels. You're, you're not just going to catch them sleeping like that. I like our new nickname for Matt Patricia, the offensive uncoordinator. Um, <laughs> and a guy who a guy who's, uh, was basically in Patricia's doghouse from the start, from August, up until the start of the second half this year, was Kendrick Bourne. They finally seemed to throw that out the window going into the second half. And KB was awesome. Scored, scored his first touchdown of the season. He had his first career 100-yard receiving game, six catches on nine targets, and gave them life. And I tweeted it. I've talked about it. This is a guy who can't leave New England next year. He's a guy they need to continue to keep in this offense. There was a lot of rumblings at the trade deadline. There's been talks about him being a trade piece. Uh, They need to just get Matt Patricia out of here and get KB out of that damn doghouse because he's a great player. He's a great receiver in this system that they kind of want to run. Getting a guy like Bill O'Brien here, which we can touch on that later on today. We can touch on that down the road because it'll be the topic of discussion. But KB is a guy you need to keep in this offense because he's very, very good. Yeah, it's really a shame. I mean, I said at the beginning it of is. the season, I thought he'd be a thousand yard receiver. And I almost feel like that game on Saturday vindicates that because mm-hmm. you look at what he does, but they kind of just that didn't really look like they've been what they've been running most of the year. That actually sort of looked like the Bailey Zappi offense, what they mm-hmm. ran in the second half, where they just kind of they spaced it out. It, it's great. They put Kendrick Bourne on the field. It changes the way that the other team defends him because Kendrick Bourne, not only is he maybe Max's favorite receiver, he's their most explosive. Like this is a team that needs to be able to create after the catch. And Kendrick Bourne can do that probably better than anybody else on the roster. I say it all the time from week three to week 13 last year, which I think is a good size sample size. Mm-hmm. He was at that. He was on a thousand yard pace, a thousand yard pace. His first year in the system with a rookie quarterback. How that guy falls out of favor. And I know that, you know, he, he kind of maybe talked out of turn about the offense a little bit in the preseason or, or over the summer in an interview right. with Mike Reese. And then he gets in the fight at training camp. And then he says the, the things after the bills game, Man, I just, back in the day with Tom Brady, yeah, you could maybe sit that guy and make a point. You can't do that anymore. This team is just right. so different. When he, and I think it goes back to the first game of the year. Miami, they can't move the ball at all. They finally put him in the game late in the fourth quarter. Boom, first play, 40-yard completion up the sideline. Yep. 
Yep. He changes their offense. The, the, you know, I, I'm not saying he's that, that true number one, like people want them to go out, right. I've talked about DeAndre Hopkins. I'm not saying he's at that level, but I think it's, he's as close as they have. He's a dynamic yep. player. He's a guy that defenses have to be aware of and have to maybe defend differently. And he's also just a really good character guy, which when you're struggling like this, having a guy that's going to keep everybody up also like sneaky valuable and a ton of credit to Kendrick Bourne. He could have quit. He could have just, mm-hmm. you know, they're not playing me. I'm going to check out. I'm going to request trade in the off season, but you know, we've heard from Mac. We've heard from other players. He's still engaged. He's still, you know, hyping guys up. He's still, he's being a leader. Yes. He ran out the tunnel. One thing on that with KB and, yeah. you know, just him being a character guy squeezed out of the offense, not involved, you know, reprimanded for speaking out, whatever. I noticed this on Saturday. The first three guys running out of the out of the tunnel are Mac Jones, David Andrews, and Kendrick Bourne. He's always ready to play. He always wants to play. He's there yeah. for his guys. He's sprinting out of the tunnel. A guy, another guy who checks out often, Trent Brown. He walks out of the tunnel and doesn't seem to care like he's there. Kendrick well, Bourne cares. He wants to be there. I know he's just a bigger guy, and you know, gets, Trent's kind his of his own thing. Like. The right. Super Bowl year, he would act that same way, and then as soon as the ball snap, he turns on a mall somebody. But sure, the no, point being, Kendrick Bourne, he's he's a great character guy. He wants to be that. Kendrick no Bourne, a guy like between what he does as a football player, what he does as a leader, Kendrick Bourne can play for my team any day. I'll right. f- I'll find a spot for him. I'll find a place for him. I I put him on the field more often than not, but even if I'm loaded at wide receiver, I'll I'll find a spot for him on my team. I'm gonna keep him around. Because that's the kind of guy you want in the trenches with you. That's the kind of guy you want to go to war with. So I'm glad he finally got a shot to play. Like yep. you said, I hope he's around next year. You know, will will he – is he done? For for as positive as he's being, he may say, right. you know what, this is – He's being a pro's pro. and Right, these are my guys, and, and I'm in this situation, and he stick with it. But as soon as I can get out of here in the offseason, I want out of here. Like, I wouldn't blame him for that. Yeah. But I hope he's here next year. I hope he's more involved next year. I think he showed you in that game and he showed you in those windows where he's been able to play this year, just how good he is. And this will go down honestly as one of the biggest what ifs of the season. And there's a lot of what ifs this season. I think one of the biggest ones is what if Kendrick Bourne had a fair shake in terms of playtime. He's their fifth most used receiver this year in terms of snaps and not in percentage in terms of total snaps. So he's yeah. played less snaps. And look, he probably should be playing less snaps than Jacoby Myers. I think Jacoby should be the most used wide receiver. But mm-hmm. Jacoby's also missed, what, three games, four games? Devontae Parker's missed time. He's played less than Devontae Parker. Tyquan Thornton's missed time. He's played less than he's played less than Tyquan Thornton, right? Yep. There's no reason. He, he should be out there. Yeah. He should be out there, and he hasn't been. I'm with you. It's a shame. It's, an, it's a huge what if. Um, I guess lastly on the offense, uh, I want to talk about the Hail Mary touchdown. Uh, it was It's pretty funny. A week after Mac Jones is not allowed to throw a Hail Mary, they lose the game on it. Uh, he essentially chucks up a third and 29. Scotty Washington tip drills it to Jacoby Myers, of all people, who comes down with the, uh, with the Hail Mary. Um, I thought it was a heads-up situational play by both of those guys. It felt like it was something it – was, it was almost like the play was drawn up that way. Probably not, but just the way that you know Mac chucks it up, throws it 55 yards – Scotty Washington doesn't even look like he's really trying to make the catch. It's almost like in the air, he sees Jacoby coming underneath him and tips it directly to him. Jacoby, right place, right time, smart football player makes the play. Um, And that sort of jump-started this whole game where the one thing I'll give this team credit for is they fight. 
and they don't just, you know, they don't just roll over and die. They could have easily, you know, in a in a situation where they no longer at the time controlled their own destiny, other things needed to happen. Down 22 nothing to the uh, Cincinnati Bengals, who just won six straight, top of the AFC. Joe Burrow's a, a beast, two dominant receivers, what have you. The narrative's just not there for the Patriots, and this team could have easily just said, you know what, forget it, roll over, die, don't give it, don't give in, run the football, get out of here. But they didn't. They fought, and that that play showed it. I thought that kind of jump started all that in the Marcus Jones pick six. Like they continue to, whether they don't want to play for their their coaches or not because of the disaster that it is they play for each other and i think that's you know that's a huge part of being a football team uh and i thought that play kind of just you know showed it all yeah i i, I kind of what i said about kendrick Bourne i think applies to a lot of guys on this team it would be really easy for guys to check out at this point and and yeah. there there is a ton of pride in that locker room and, and they're not gonna say ah you know this thing's a mess and we're not going anywhere and you know we should just sit down um for the most part i think you've seen that from some guys but sure i'd say Mac Jones and the skill position players in particular. Um, like Mac's fiery because he still wants to win. He's fiery because right. he's not giving up. He's not quitting. The other guy I'll say is David Andrews. He's come back from three injuries this year now. Yeah. Very, you know, he's he's got a four-year contract and he's gotten paid and his legacy said he's got a ring. He's also got like right. family at home and stuff. Like, and he still keeps going back out there. Um, right. Let's do a ton of credit to him. I do want to talk about one other thing with the offense. Sure. And it's it's been a reoccurring theme on this show, Mike. And that's Ramondre Stevenson. Mm-hmm. And look, we talked about the fumble, and he's got to do a better job of holding onto that ball, certainly. But this is what I was talking about back in October when yep. I said you really – We talked about this after the game. Yep. Right. You, you, you can't keep involving him as much as you are because it's his first full season in the NFL. He only played 12 games last year, and a bunch of those he really was active. We didn't like play. He played like five snaps. Right. right? You're putting an insane workload on this kid and just trusting he'll be there fully at the end of the year. And look at what's happening. Like he had 13 carries for 30 yards and that's not all on him, but early in the year he was creating despite the offensive line, not playing well because he was creating on his own. You just don't see that same drive. And I don't mean mental drive. I mean like leg drive and motor. Like he looks like a guy that's kind of the season's beaten down on him. He's ninth in the league in touches. We've asked him a number of times this year. I mean, I think going back to like before Halloween. Yeah. Hey, you're playing a ton. How do you feel? And he's always been, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. After that game on Saturday was the first thing he said, yeah, I'm a little banged up right now. Yeah. That's the first time he said anything other than I'm good. Right. And he ultimately said, you know, like it's the, it's the NFL. It's late in the season, but that was the first admittance of, yeah, this is getting to me. Yeah. And you're seeing it in the product. And it's a real shame because they had Damian Harris healthy. They could have used him to take some of the workload off. We know Kevin Harris and Pierre Strong at least can kind of play. Right. Those are guys that could take the workload off. And maybe Ramondre is just, just a little fresher right now. And and, and maybe he, he's not pressing like he has in the last two games in, in, in making these mistakes. I understand why he feels like he has to make plays like that. Because right. the whole offense has been put on his shoulders. And he's been their best player, so right, yeah. Right, if the team doesn't succeed, he doesn't succeed, so I understand why he's feeling like this. I, they did this to themselves. This is, this is what, like, only, there have only been three seasons, it's two backs, in the last 10 years, where Patriots running back has played more than 50% of the snaps. Two of those were James White, and one was Shane Vereen. And those are guys that, like, 
one, it's a little different. They're not constantly running between the tackles. And they both did it as veterans. Not like right. veterans, but guys who'd been in the league multiple years. had been through the ringer. And they were doing it under different circumstances. Ramondre's at, I think, like 68% for usage rate. Neither of those guys, they were over 50, but neither of them was above 60. Yeah. This is so unheard of with the Patriots. And I think part of it is, like, they were always trying to avoid this exact situation. And I there's a famous quote about, Bill, are you opposed to having a, a feature back? And he goes, you mean like when Corey Dillon ran for 1,600 yeah. yards? Like, I get that. That was a very different NFL. That was a That's very different too. time. And I think the Patriots at one point were okay with it, had adjusted away from it to avoid this exact situation. And by the way, this isn't a knock on Ramondre. Go through and look at the guys who lead the league in touches generally. They all fade at the end of the season. It's it's player mismanagement. It's why the Cowboys always fade at the end of the year because they overwork Ezekiel Elliott early on and he either gets hurt or he's just tired, right? Tennessee Titans too. Tennessee Titans, why they always fade down the stretch. That's a great example. Uh, the, the the Panthers, when they had Christian McCaffrey, and yeah. the Niners, meanwhile, have done a very good job of managing his workload. Now, they can yeah. do that because they have so much talent. But well, I the Niners do that, and they just have re- they just have replaceable backs too, and they they run a great right. system out there well, anyway. I, but point being, the Patriots have I don't know like not comparable. Like I I don't think that Harris Harris are stronger necessarily better than Ramondre Stevenson, but they're NFL backs. Right. They can give right. you they can give you good snaps, and then you get yeah. more great snaps from Ramondre later on. And you know now he's banged up. Now he's banged up, and it just it feels like an avoidable situation, right? It feels like a situation yep. that they didn't need to be in that they put themselves in. And it's unfortunate because the kid was having an outstanding season. Like you said, he probably was their best player on offense. And it's, I said it back in October it reminds me of Matthew Judon last year. Yeah. It's just, y- you can only, add, even if guys are in the best condition, every player has their limit. Every player has their pitch count. You can only ask so much of a guy. And it feels like maybe in his first full year, this Ramondre is kind of getting towards that ceiling. An avoidable situation. It was that was an avoidable situation. Um, Kendrick Bourne is right. an avoidable situation. Uh, well, Kendrick so yeah, Bourne not situation. playing is an avoidable situation. Yeah, yeah. correct. Um, there's a lot of no. There's a lot of them flipping the tackles was an avoidable situation. Right. Like all of it. Another avoidable situation, Alex. Paying nice. too much subscriptions. Nice. <laughs> Do you know how much your subscriptions really cost? You probably don't. Uh, as most Americans have no idea how many subscriptions uh, they're actually paying for every month. Uh, you spend anywhere, you know, around $80 a month on subscriptions. That's what you think anyway, when actually it's closer to 200 or more. It could be an unused Amazon Prime account, a Hulu account, uh, ESPN Plus, anything that you're paying for that you have no idea that, you know, it's actually coming out of your wallet. They never get streamed, draining your bank account. You could be wasting hundreds of dollars each month on subscriptions that you don't even know that you're paying for. Not me, though, because I use an app called Truebill or formerly known as Truebill, called Rocket Money. Uh, It takes care of it all. The app shows you all your subscriptions in one place and then cancels for you whatever you don't want still. Rocket Money can even find subscriptions you didn't know you were paying for. You may even find out you've been double charged for a subscription. To cancel, all you have to do is press the big cancel button on the screen and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Get rid of useless subscriptions with Rocket Money now. Go to rocketmoney.com slash patsbeat. Seriously, you can save you hundreds per year. That's rocketmoney.com slash patsbeat. Cancel your unnecessary subscriptions right now at rocketmoney.com slash patsbeat. 
frankly, Alex, I thought that was one of my better ad transitions because no, that was know, I, it, and I saw where you're going it, for it too. You had it lined up. I'm proud of you. It, it came to me in the middle of it too. I was like, oh, avoidable, avoidable. You know what's avoidable? Useless subscriptions. Rocketmoney.com/slash/patsbeat. Go to it and you know save some cash. Uh, let's talk about the defense. This game, like I said earlier, it was a tale of two halves. Joe Barrow was a beast in the first half. Three first half touchdowns. Uh, you know, the offense looked at the defense of Justin and they What did you just do to your mic? I don't know why. You uh, sound like a transformer. Wait, yours is it's happening to you too. Oh, is it? Yeah. Is this an internet thing? Hello? Is it still going? Does the, does the chat hear us like that too? Chat, give us a, give us a shout. Tell us if we sound bad. Yeah. Are, are people hearing this in the chat? Yeah, I think people are hearing it in the chat. Um. All right, let's quick adjust. I'm going to turn my, flip my mic off and flip it back on. Robo mic. I like that. You're back. Talk. Oh, so are you. All right. Okay, cool. All right. There we, there go. we go. Good stuff. Adjust on the fly. People got a kick out of that, so uh, give us a thumbs up in the chat. Give us a like, actually. Give us a like on the video. If you enjoyed that, that yeah. I think we all needed that. The way yeah, this season, I think we needed that. I was like, "Are we going to have to shut this thing down?" Here we go. All right, let's talk defense. Tail of two halves. Barrow went off. Second half, they completely wilted. Uh, Pat's defense was awesome in the second half. I thought Marcus Jones' pick six really, you know, sparked the whole thing. Um, that kid's just a stud. He led them with fourteen tackles. Uh, and what I noticed, Alex, and you talked about it here. You talked about it on the Sports Hub. You wrote about it. You tweeted about it. The pass rush was the one of the main reasons why the second half was so great for them. Uh, the play specifically on Marcus Jones, they got in his face. Borrow put it up and on the same page as Jamar Chase, and uh, Marcus Jones takes it for six. So I thought, you know, the defense was so much better in the second half, and it's kind of a shame they couldn't play like that all game. Yeah, yeah. I, I You know, in, 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 but that's what defense is sometimes, especially against a good offense. You're going to get beat. You, you got to kind of make your adjustments and – Making adjustments is a good thing. We we haven't talked about that a lot with this team this year, but I, I thought they made some good adjustments. Like you said, the pass rush was really good. I think the biggest thing, and this this is more of an off-season conversation, it goes back to something we talked about in training camp, is they don't have a ton of size at corner. They just don't. Right. You know, you're out there, and, and and I think Marcus Jones has looked really good, and he had some good reps against T. Higgins in that game, but at a certain point it's six, five on five, eight. And then, you know, you got six, three on five, eight in the slot with Boyd and, and, uh, uh, miles Bryant. And then you have Jonathan Jones on Jamar chase, which is a three inch height differential. And honestly, chase plays a lot bigger than six, one. So Jalen Mills being out hurt, you know, you lose size there. Jack Jones is five eleven, but he's a guy who plays bigger. So he, he's a guy you kind of missed. They do need, they just need, they need more on the boundary. You know, you're going to have to, if they want to contend, I'm talking about next year now, right? You're going to need to beat teams like the Bengals. You're going to need to beat teams. Like, honestly, I think the Raiders turn it around next year and they're going to be in, in much better shape next year. If they're healthy, that's a team with big receivers. Yep. Um, I'm trying, I know there's other teams in the AFC, uh, but I'm, uh, the Ravens, the Steelers, well, the Steelers, Steelers aren't have good. Big, they don't have a I know, but they have big but, receivers. But I'm talking about teams you're going to have to go through. Like the oh, Ravens okay. are a team you're going to have to go through, right? right? They have they have bigger receivers. The Chargers have big receivers. Oh yeah, yeah. Right. Jalen Mills at six one and nobody else over five eleven is tough. It, it you're just at, and look, they needed to add speed in the secondary. It was a big problem last year, and they did it. They added speed. They moved John Jones to the outside. They draft Marcus Jones and Jack Jones, two guys who can fly. Like 
I'm not necessarily the moves were bad. I just think they were maybe one move short, yeah. whether it was keeping Terrence Mitchell, or, or I guess they kept him and he got signed off the practice squad, but keeping him on the active roster or I know he wasn't the biggest guy, but he was bigger. Right. Or just, just going out in free agency, just signing one of these veterans. that's like six foot one, six foot two. I'm not saying the guy needs to be a number one corner, but more just like a matchup piece, not necessarily the guy that's going to play 80% of the snaps yeah. every game, but like, Hey, all this team's receivers are six, two and bigger. We're going to have a role for you today. Right. We've seen them at times against some big receivers. We've seen them put Kyle Duggar out on the boundary as a boundary corner or Adrian Phillips out as a boundary corner, which, you know, doesn't doesn't necessarily not work, but you're taking those guys out of the position where they play their best football. So I, I'd like to see him add a big receiver in the offseason. I don't know that it's like a top 50 draft pick they need to do it with. Would not be opposed to them adding Joey Porter Jr., but I don't think that's going to happen for a couple of reasons. But, you know, look, they've drafted the last couple of years. They've taken quarterbacks in like the fourth and fifth round, and those guys have proved they can play. Like, essentially, they could draft that's like... That's a position they're good at developing. Right, they can develop those guys that. are... Just go get a veteran. Like, honestly, I think a veteran would be better just because there's a lot of young guys in that room, especially if John Jones leaves in free agency. It's a really young room. Yeah. So whatever it is, I just I, – I, I think adding a big corner doesn't need to be a, like a focus addition, but I think adding a big corner this offseason would be for this kind of matchup. And this is a, a team, again, they're going to have to beat a team like this, like Baltimore, like 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 Vegas, like, like the Chargers. You, you're going to need – even if Jalen Mills is healthy, you're going to need another big corner. So, you know who it's going to be, right? Who? Juwan Williams. Well, he, his contract's up. Oh, it is? Okay. I, thought I think ideally, like, that was the thing. Had. I was kind of wondering if he was going to hover around the roster, maybe go on the practice yeah. squad. Like, so if, that's a perfect example where he's a guy you can keep on the practice squad, and then in this game, you elevate him. Now, I, I don't think work. Gonna, right? <laughs> right, but, right. Like, this is what I'm talking about. Just have Point a guy being, on the practice yeah. Have a guy on the practice squad even. So in this spot, like, specifically, big team. Your number one outside corner's hurt. You just elevate him and have something. Right. Um, I thought you were going to say uh, uh, Steph. I was going to say uh, they were going to bring back too. Steph. Yeah. I mean, I, I well, love that. But well, yeah, next year. Well, that's because it's next year's Brady and Edelman and Gronk and Gilmore and yeah, Darrell Revis. Yeah, right. Corey What's Law doing? Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, so that's again. There's I, like I, I talk about it in the future tense because what are they going to do in this game? Right. I was a little surprised they didn't try putting Duggar on T Higgins, but I think, you know, they did that. The, the, the game where it really stood out is they did that with Claypool when he was right. in Pittsburgh. Yep. T Higgins is a much better receiver than Chase oh, Claypool. Yeah. So like that may, might've been why, but it's just, it, it, it's kind of an example. And I've said a lot, and I'm going to say it a lot over the next few weeks. I don't think roster talent is their biggest issue, just raw roster talent, but that is one space where they maybe have a hole that, that, you know, you're not going to fix that schematically. You're not going right. to fix that with better coaching. You're not going to fix that with young players growing into a role. That is just simply a spot where they need to add a player. I'm with you. Uh, the pass rush got after it again, too, uh, a little bit. I mean, Matt Judon, Josh Uche each have another sack. I think that's Uche's, what, um, one, two, three, six, six straight game with a sack. I mean, yeah. again, they're, I talked about comparing them to Trey Hendrickson and uh, Sam Hubbard when those guys are healthy. Those those bookends bookends on the edge on the edge for them. Um, we've kind of been focusing on next year for what I feel like has been a month and a half, two months now. Um, but those are two guys that need to stick around next year, and that's that's something you can build off on the defense too, because you get bo- something like next year. This Patriots team, depending on you know what happens, 
can compete again. Uh, and it starts on defense with those two pass rushers. Those guys are beasts. Yeah, I, I, again, I, I don't like. You go back to 2020, right? It was really hard to see the light at the end of the tunnel because they were so far away. There was so much that needed to be done. They needed yep. a quarterback. They needed playing guys overhaul. like Tamir Bird on offense. Right. They need to overhaul their receivers. You know, no Steph and, and JC Jackson were both probably they were up at the end of their contracts. Right. There wasn't really a pass rush. Like there was so many boxes to check. I think we're much further down the tunnel. The light doesn't look any closer just because what's blo- there's something like blocking the there's one big thing blocking the end of the tunnel. And once that moves, you know, and I it's not one thing, but you know, I I think we're close to the end of the tunnel. It's just the things they need feel bigger, right? right. I don't think that the, the to-do list is as long. It's pressing items, but I don't think yes. that list is as long as it was a while ago. So and they don't have a ton of key free agents. Jonathan Jones is the big one, but right. I don't He's been great this year. This isn't a knock on him, but I don't know that they need him back. They they still have Jalen Mills to play on the boundary on one side. They have Jack Jones on the other. Like I said, they probably need to add a big corner one way or the other. So those can three be your three boundary corners. Marcus Jones looks damn good in the slot. So, you know, if you're going to move him to offense, maybe it's another, maybe it's another conversation, but I think they can, it's not like last year when they lost JC Jackson. It was okay. But this is a problem. If right. they lose, if Jonathan Jones goes and gets paid, they're kind of in in place where they're probably going to be okay. After him, you know, in terms of guys who are up, I mean, Damian Harris, who basically hasn't played this year, right? Uh, Nelson Aguilar, who I think they're ready to move on from. He really hasn't played the last couple of weeks. Coach's decision. Devin McCourty is kind of a big one, but he's sort of struggled down the stretch here. And one way or the other, they're going to need a safety whether he comes back or not. But it, it's not like. Last year, they got close, right? It did feel like they were close last year. And then they lost two starting guards, a starting corner, a couple of linebackers. Um, like they lost, they lost, especially on defense, they lost talent. They're not really, they're not really losing a ton of talent this offseason and they have a ton of space to right. add. So I like, I don't, I don't think you need to, people talk about tank, blow it up, trade everybody. No, I, I think that's unnecessary at this point. I think you're close enough that if you put the right pieces in in the offseason, you can put all the pieces you need in place in one offseason. I didn't think you could do that last year. I didn't think you mm-hmm. could add everything you needed to add realistically in one offseason. I think this offseason they can. If you do all that, then we get a fair look at Mac Jones. And either he's the guy and great, and here we go, and we're off and running. Or he's not the guy and you have to hit the reset button anyway, right? And, and you just delay it by a year, which that's really not the worst thing in the world. So. Long term, they're not in bad shape. I don't know about these next right. two games, but long well, term, I really don't I think gonna, they're in as bad shape as maybe people paint it to be. That's where I was going to wrap this up and put you know put the Bengals game behind us. Patriots lose, yeah, twenty two to eighteen. Mount a comeback, showed some life, showed that they have the talent to compete. It's just you know it's it's a core problem. They do still control their own destiny, like we said at the beginning of the show. No Tua now it's looking like for the Dolphins and potentially the Bills sitting players at, in Week 18. Can the Patriots make the playoffs? I'll just give it to you there. What do you think about these next two games and what they've shown? A little bit of life against you know two teams that might not be in their best position right now. They got to be able to stop that that Miami RPO, and I just don't know. Like that's a play Ted, Teddy Bridgewater runs very well, and he's and we don't even know if Bill knows what an RPO is. Like we said, well, yeah, we even know. Um, 
I, you know, I reading back over that conversation, I do think it was what I said at the time that they have some yeah. weird terminology for certain things. That, no, I'm, I was with you. I was only messing around. Right. Yeah. No, I know. Um, I, I meant to qualify that, but they have to be able to stop that play. And I don't think that Tua being out makes a ton of difference there. Like Teddy Bridgewater once at a high level. And then it becomes, if the Bills have everything locked up, you know, Sean McDermott has a hair across his ass for Bill Belichick for whatever reason. Yeah. Is he dumb enough to play everybody and go all out, even if he has everything locked up, to just kind of give an F you to Bill? He might yeah. be dumb enough to do that. I wouldn't. You know, I am still traumatized by Wes Welker tearing his ACL in a meaningless week Houston. 17. Was that against Houston, right? And there was, yeah. um, there was it happened to Rodney, too, I think, against Pittsburgh. Where he got hurt. Yeah, that was years behind, year. years back. But yes. Yeah. Um, so I'm always for it to just take that week as a second bite. Maybe play like a quarter go, you know, whatever. Yeah, is Bill's stay, dumb stay enough loose, to, but... to to go full go? They might be. They might be. But I mean, the pay, who is it? It's Kyle Orton or Jay Cutler or whoever the hell their backup, their backup? is. JP Lossman. Case Keenum. I know. Yeah, I know. It's um, Jeff Tool. It's Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, it's Jeff George. Um, yeah, <laughs> like they can, they can beat Case Keenum. They should, cause I would imagine if, if, you know, it's Case Keenum and I'd imagine Diggs isn't playing in that case either. Right. So, right. you know, if they get, if, if it all goes their way and to his injury, like I said, I don't think it's a major difference, but it's a difference. If it all breaks their way. Yeah. They absolutely can get in. Uh, That's again, crazy. I think some things have to break their way. It's not impossible. And by the way, if, if we got this game tonight, if the Colts beat the chargers, and the Patriots went out, they're not just in, they're the sixth seed. That's just and ridiculous. Everybody, everybody's saying, well, why do you want to make the playoffs? You're going to you know, go out there and get smacked by Kansas City. Well, we just saw them play Cincinnati kind of tight. If you get the sixth seed, you probably play in Cincinnati. And look, the game's going to be in Cincinnati. You're going to have a much more motivated Bengals team, so who knows? But right. I don't think Cincinnati's in the class that Kansas City's in or the class that Buffalo's in. So... You should never not want to get to the playoffs, especially when you're in this position right. here, right? It, we talked about it. Anything can happen any given Sunday. So it's crazy, again, to think that they still have that track, but uh, they do. We've been talking about it for the last two weeks, the last two losses, that all you got to do is win out and you can win some of these games. And they've lost two straight, and yet here we are, two weeks two weeks out, and uh, if they win, they're in. So, right. again, Pats lose 22-18. to Do you have anything else to add on the on the – Patriots Bengals game before we you know transition and preview that Monday night football game uh no I think we got it perfect uh Pats lose 22-18 heartbreaking finish showed some fight that's that's my main takeaway here again before we move on it's just that they could have rolled over and they didn't and that's something to hang your hat on these guys play for each other and there seems to still be a sort of camaraderie in that locker room no one's really turned against each other so that's something to build on if anything uh Monday night football we have the Colts at the Chargers. I'm back to my uh, maybe back to my not knowing where the games are. Uh, I believe it, it. No, it's at Indy. It's at Lucas Oil. Uh, Justin Herbert, stud, probably one of my favorite players in the NFL, taking on the Colts and Nick Foles gets the start um, because the Colts made another quarterback change after Matt Ryan blew another uh, four or five possession lead uh, last weekend. What do you think of this game? I believe the spread is the Chargers are only three and a half point favorites. On the road, though, what do you think? Who do you like? So, for one thing, the Colts are coming off a really embarrassing upset, so they've got that little edge, right? They're they're really playing for their own, uh, you know, they're 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 playing for pride, playing pride for pride. Point. Yep. 
Nick Foles loves a good upset. We know that all too well, unfortunately. Yep. And the Chargers are really incapable of, have been really incapable of back-to-back wins under Brandon Staley. Like, they can't consistently play well. They won two games in a row against two probable playoff teams. Brandon Staley's team doesn't keep that going. It, like, they are due for, they're the charge. They are still, the, they can play in LA all they want. They are still the San Diego Chargers deep down. Yep. They're due for a letdown spot. I think this is it. I'm like half right. kidding. I, I'm like half kidding on that. You're like, taking the Colts. No, you're taking the Colts. That's that's what you're doing. All here. right. Alex um, has the Colts. I have the Chargers. Go ahead. Let me put it this way. The Chargers should here, – here, here's how I'll, I'll lay that out. The Chargers should win this game. They have no excuse to lose this game. But no team has lost more games they should win in the NFL in the last two years than the Chargers. That's a fair point. So that's, that's kind of where I'm like, if any team was going to lose in this spot, it's the team that's playing. It's the team that's favorited. I just have a hard time batting against Justin Herbert and going against Justin Herbert ever. He shows every single week that, you know, regardless of win or loss, that's a guy who plays well despite the situation around him like we talked about earlier. Justin Herbert is continues to be a beast. He threads the needle. He has one of the strongest arms in the game. They have a good supporting cast on offense, two stud receivers and Austin Eckler at running back. And again, this is where the coach gets in the way in L.A., but uh, not tonight. I think they take down Indy uh, at Lucas Oil. So I have the Chargers. Alex has the Colts. Congrats. You uh, you get to back Nick, Nick Foles. Uh, that, that's always fun. I'm sure he broke your heart a few years ago. I think I was right last. Wasn't I right last time we did the picks and it was like an upset? What was the Thursday game? Like? Um, I was right on an upset recently. I just it was it was the it was the 49ers played uh, someone 49ers Rams. No. Yeah, and I yeah, no. Yeah. And I took Brock. Pur- Whoever was. No, I remember because I went on a whole thing about taking Brock. Pur- yeah. yeah. Yeah, so you won. So Alex is on a, on a streak, or he can make it a winning streak now if the Colts win tonight. Um, yeah. So go watch that game. Make sure you pay attention to who we pick. Um, that'll do it for us. Patriots beat here on CLNS Media. Um, he's Alex Barth. Follow him on Twitter at Real Alex Barth. Read his stuff on the 985 The Sports Hub. Also tune your radio dials to 985 because Barth's been killing it on fill-ins with uh, you know, the the schedule over there all yep. uh, wonky. So go check that out. Uh, you can- I'll be on uh, tomorrow, 10 to tomorrow is a Tuesday recording. It's Monday night. I'll be on Tuesday, 10 to 2 a.m., uh, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. And then uh, Friday, 10 to 2 as well with Leroy Irvin. So good stuff. Hear, go me, uh, hear me throughout the week. Yeah, go check those guys out. Um, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Mike Caldick. Read my stuff at clnsmedia.com. Uh, me and Alex will be back on Thursday to preview the Patriots-Dolphins game, uh, adding a little wrinkle because, again, Tua looks like he's out with a concussion. So that'll be good. Pats control their own destiny, lose 22-18 to to the Bengals. We'll be back on Thursday.